y'all and welcome to another episode of worldly church girl it's your girl your host lillian harshaw on today's episode i'm actually going to feature some of my favorite moments which there were a lot of them on my first 10 episodes i can't thank these people enough for what they brought to the show and to my life so without no further ado i present to you worldly church girl favorite moments Episode 1, C.J. Warfield. Did the church folks have a problem with you doing the R&B? They ain't said nothing yet. And to be honest, I mean, to be, really? to be honest. Yeah, no, they ain't said nothing yet. Most of them are at the jazz kitchen, so <laughs> they, come, they come out and they'll like, Get off my I phone. Say, <laughs> no, for real. No, I like, I'm serious. A lot of them will go to the jazz kitchen in a heartbeat. I'm, I say cool. I got a show. They say what time? Like that's that's real. So you know they, you know most mo- most of my church they don't care, which it it kind it eases my mind, you know. But even on the yet still, I really wouldn't care if somebody had an issue with it because at the end of the day, and I was telling somebody this, I was like, you know, I had and I I share this at, at all times together. I was doing a gig once. At Union Fifty with the band with with Bashir's side and 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 the band and this lady that came up to me and said you put so much joy in my heart she said she was gonna uh, commit suicide earlier that day shut up yeah but somebody had brung her out let's go to Union Fifty there's a band you want to hear them and everything like that and we played the music and she said we put a lot of joy in her heart she was about to commit suicide. And that to me meant, you know, that meant more than a whole lot. It even meant more than the check that I was getting that night. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, I look at it, you know, I'm playing good music. I'm playing the music that I've always wanted to play. And also, I'm looking at it as a ministry opportunity, too. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You know, so for somebody to come up to me, I didn't even know this person. She didn't even know who I am. And -hmm. for somebody to come up to me and say that, it was like, okay. You're still doing the work. Exactly. No matter how people want to look at it, you're still doing the work. Exactly. So you know, I, I, she was like, "Can we pray?" I said, "Sure." So I prayed with her, and uh, and from what I understand, she's still she's living her best life. So it was a it was that's what's up. And I think I yeah I came home and just sat for like ten minutes, really just like, oh, this really just happened. But I mean that yeah, like at the end of the day, yeah, the the work still goes for it you know and that's right. when that's that's when i knew i was like yeah i'm, I'm here for this episode two joe c elliott the third is it hard for you to separate the r&b in the church world no i mean uh, not at all my perception on that is man you gotta have a relationship with uh, god uh man, like if you're gonna do church um, I mean, the ultimate goal for me, and I've always said to not have to actually play drums in church, but just attend church as a actual member, man. And, you know, just enjoy the actual service like what versus, you know, work. The way I look at music is man, like music is a passion of mine through all the different type of schooling that I've gotten. Uh, I got a chance to appreciate different types of music like, you know, jazz, R&B, pop classical um i mean i mean a lot of people didn't know that drums wasn't something that i learned in you know grade school like i was a trumpet player all through like middle school 
high school. And, you know, anytime I go back to Buncey, nobody really knows me for drums. Well, probably now. Now, now, but but anytime I go back to Muncie, it's like everybody remembers me as the trumpet player that mm-hmm. was like first chair that played lead trumpet that you know was in the jazz band that marched. Like it made me appreciate all different types of music. So you know, church versus R&B or secular world, uh, and I mean, I just see it as all music. Episode three, Demetrius Daniels. Now, the mistake that we make and can make as parents, and a lot of us make this mistake, and I've been trying to be very conscious of it, you you see yourself in them, and you think that they're variations of you, and yeah, you got your genome floating around in there, but these people are their own entities. They're their own right. person. So right. what, as, what we need to do as parents is teach them how to be good human beings. Not mm-hmm. so much be like me, don't 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 take on my old bad habits and my old teachings and my old fears and 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 and, and bullshit. Don't do that. Be better than me, please. Mm-hmm. Be much. Better. I yeah. actually told Pierre, my oldest, because she was like, "Yeah, I told my friend I was following in your footsteps." So I said, "Don't do that." Nah, don't do that. Yeah, said, don't don't don't, don't follow my footsteps because make your uh, own. That was that was nah because it was rough. Yeah. Don't oh, yeah. don't no don't do better than me. Don't be me. Be better than me. Yeah, please, Lord, be better than me, man. And listen to and what I'm trying to tell you, please. Thankfully, I set the bar low. <laughs> <laughs> I set the bar low for mine. Like, look, dog, you can do this much better than I did. Yeah, you, know, you know, it's I got so many uh skeletons in my closet that I don't think my children are actually skeletons. ready to hear. And when you say skeletons, do you mean bones or do you mean whole bodies? I got bodies. I have some toes, some fingers. I got bodies. I got some skulls, some arms, some some, mm-hmm. some spines. I have a little bit of all that. I got whole cadavers. And the older they get and the older I get, the more I'm like inclined to share some of those skeletons with them without yeah. freaking them completely out. Well, no, 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 no. And see, I think that that humanizes us as parents because I do the same. I do the same with Tyler. I do the same with, you know, like age appropriate, obviously. Right, right. Like, yeah. But like with Xavi, uh, Shadi, Tyler, with all of them, I've tried to be honest with them about some of the things in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to open up to them and show that, you know, we are human and there's mistakes to be made. Mm-hmm. But you learn from those mistakes and try not to repeat them. Um, we're not, you know, cause sometimes your kids can look at you like some sort of divine entity mm-hmm. and that could be so further from the truth. Right. So you just try and, to be and that's something I try to let them see too. I'm like, yes, no. your mm-hmm. mama love going to church. Yes. Her playlist mm-hmm. is probably more gospel than anything else. Yes. You know, she will pray in a heartbeat, but your mama's human. That's the thing. We are human. And yes, he, we did not get that growing up. We didn't get that we these church folks were human. They looked like they were, like you said, supernatural beings that never made a mistake. Beings, so, right. when they, they, so when they made a mistake, it was so jarring. You didn't, know how, you didn't know how to process it. That's right. You did and, not and, know. and that was the mistake. And that <clears> is the mistake that a lot I, of church folks that, make. Yeah. 
they forget to be like, uh, yeah, every now and again, if I stub my toe, a word is going to fly out. <laughs> it's not a scripture. It's not. It's a, not. No. It's not it a verb. Not, it ain't it's not, not a verb. No, it's not a verb. <laughs> Episode four, Deborah Devine. Prisoners are probably the one group of people that people never think of at all. Right, right. They feel like they did the crime, now they're paying for it. Okay, well, the whole point of prison is to rehabilitate and to right. help them grow. So right. don't just put them in there and just wash your hands from them. That's exactly right. They're lo- You know, a lot of times they're, they, feel, they feel lost and forgotten knowing that, that, that all of these prisoners are going to be coming out soon. And we want right. them to be the best version of themselves as they can be because they are going to be our neighbors. And so right. why not um, give them the tools they need and embrace them when they come out, knowing that, that they've served their time and now they're ready to be productive members of society. And so it's giving them the chance and it's changing perceptions and it's changing the stigma that we have. Uh, on this population, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to see in, in a few years, uh, a campaign similar to the hire a veteran campaign where we're hiring ex offenders more, um, and where we're, we're providing more housing for ex offenders. I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be great. And, and see how, see how the world turn turns out after that, you know, it, it, right. it's giving them opportunities and, and showing them that, that they're wanted and needed. Right. And, um, you know, we, and I was just thinking about that. It's funny. You brought that up. It's a shame yeah. that when somebody comes out of jail, they're treated worse before they even went right. into jail. Right. How do you expect them to start over if right. you won't allow them to start over? Right. And so many things are foreign to them. Right. So they're, they're having to obviously readjust and, and figure out the driver's license and then, mm-hmm. you know, everything's changed. I'm working right. with, who served who's who's been behind bars for 18 years and just was released and he wow. said it's the simple thing of, of going to mcdonald's and there's three you know three drive-in windows right drive through yeah and, that's and, a headache for anybody <laughs> yeah i can't getting, stand it getting soda getting pop right, at, a, right. at, a, at a mcdonald's or uh or a store and it's just what buttons do you press and so he described right. it as he came out and it was like flying cars everywhere oh i believe it because yeah. it's, 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 it's retarded. I, mean, I, 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 I had the worst experience with McDonald's the other day, so I'm having a real bad flashback. Okay. <laughs> I can't stand that place. That's my daughter's place, not mine. I, I agree. That's my son's place, not mine. Mm-hmm. Not mine. Yep. I cannot stand McDonald's. But nope, no diss McDonald's, but I'm just not <laughs> Episode 5, Miss Audrey K. Our focus needs to get back on Christ and our relationship with him so that we can heal. And when we heal, not only will other people see us heal, heal the land, but yeah, we can, the land can be healed and we can have something to put out there to say, Hey, that says, Hey, this is real. And, you know, to just tidy it all up is that if we as individuals we spend more time worrying about what God thinks about us, worrying about our relationship, if, is our, if our relationship is tight with Christ. Mm-hmm. If we can spend more time giving our heart to God, then a lot of other things will fall in place. People will be impacted. We will do what God put us here to do, you know, on this earth. Like we're like, there's like a huge puzzle and there is... The puzzle cannot be complete without your particular piece mm-hmm. in its place. 
And that's what God wants us to just put our particular piece in its place. So, yeah, so that's, you know. Do you so, remember that old song, uh, Sleep Behind Your Own Front Door Before You Sleep Around Mine? I don't know, but I like it. <laughs> I like it's that. A, that's, old, that's cool. old gospel song, yeah. So, girl, that's all we had in our house. So, yeah, I, I, if if you worry about what's going on with you, then you ain't, you ain't got time to worry about anybody else. You really don't. You don't, you don't have time to get into people's business and people's yeah. marriages, you know, and you really don't. We have a lot. A whole lot. Plates that we have to deal with as individuals. Sometimes you need two plates because you got so much going on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that that's my take on it. And and I'm sticking to it. Right. <laughs> you know, some, my husband says all the time, uh, there's things that you can buy, but time is the only thing you can never buy back. You can never, you cannot buy time. So why waste time worried about what I'm doing? You need to figure out what you're doing and make sure that he is glad of what okay. you're doing. Right. Yeah. Other than that, your your time is going to get sucked up in so many ways. And that's to me is a part of how the enemy distracts us, how he steals our mm-hmm. time, kills our joy and destroys, you know, our ability to walk on a straight and narrow is we are not concentrating on what God wants me to do. Episode six, Brenda Cortez. I told you before, my husband is at stage four, right? No, stage five. And um, I would get myself, well, actually, I applied to see if I could be a donor. And after answering some of the preliminary questions, they um, denied me. My thought process was, okay, even if I'm not a match for him, then I can do the exchange, which we found out about. A lot of people don't even know about that either can you explain that a little bit like the exchange program yep definitely you know try to donate to someone but you're not a direct match for them so let's say you if you were able to you know be a donor if you were healthy enough and it doesn't mean like when I say healthy enough about like saying you're not a healthy person meet the criteria basically to be a living donor so if you're you want to donate to your husband, but you're not the you're not a match, like you're not the same blood type, so you can get entered into a paired exchange. You're gonna be set up with somebody that you are a match for, and then in return, somebody else that would be a match for your husband would end up donating to him. A lot of times, it can like affect many people. You know, there can be a chain of like eight people donating on behalf of of other people. Or mm-hmm. sometimes now what I've even heard is you want to donate, maybe that person that you're thinking of that needs a kidney, they don't really need it quite yet, but you can designate, okay, well, I'm going to donate now, maybe in five years when so-and-so needs that kidney, and that would move them up, get a kidney when they need it. I don't understand the whole logistics of So an example from <clears throat> here in the Milwaukee area is there's a a lady, she desperately needed a kidney. She needed from a living donor. So she didn't have time to wait for. She put up billboards around town. She, you know, did a ton of Facebook stuff. So more and more people are, you know, doing these things nowadays, taking action, going just above and beyond what people were doing in the past, you know, especially mm-hmm. if they're that desperate. So she did find 
somebody that was willing to donate. So for her, um, a lady that actually ended up not even living very far from her, kind of, I want to, you know, donate. And then <clears throat> she wasn't a match exactly for Jessica, but they entered into the period of shame. surgery, their transplant on the same day. Episode seven, Miss Dawn Jones. We're going, what we're going to do is just give a different brand and a different look to how Christian entrepreneurs that are female are supposed to interact with each other. We're all called to do the same thing. Yes. And if we keep that first, then we can all grow. Because there's enough out here for all of us. Mm-hmm. I think there is. There's enough business for everybody. So there's no need to tear down. And the thing is, is that part of what we're doing in Audacious Faith is to build and bring everybody up. So it's exciting. It's really exciting. It's just it's just the energy amongst all of it. And the thing is, is that, you know, she, she shared with us, she's just like, there should not be anything happening to any of us. You know, she's just like, I shouldn't go bankrupt and y'all don't know. Andre shouldn't get a divorce. Her husband, her and her husband are just amazing examples of just a Christian marriage. So she goes, we shouldn't get a divorce and y'all don't know. I shouldn't basically not stub my toe and, or be in the hospital and y'all don't know. It's just that simple. And so that's how we are. And so we're, we're all, we, we utilize teamwork chat to communicate. And there's text messages coming through all day long. Her husband's a very integral part of it, even though he's not a woman, but he's, you know, he's CEO for her company. He drops in, you know, a scripture and a prayer every single day. And it's just like, it's just, it's amazing. It's so amazing. As a woman of God, we may go about in a different way, but that bottom line is to reach souls. And exactly. To, and that bottom line is to let people know that God loves you no matter exactly. what. Episode 8, Stefano Damasi. The character of the book, his name is Julio, by the way, mm-hmm. okay. uh, that is posing is, uh, it keeps on wondering in this thought-provoking manner, why do I need a mediator to reach out to God who is better equipped than I am to communicate my needs, my fears, my concerns, I am the only one. I've been empowered. I am perfect. I'm a child of God. I am perfect to the extent of looking for perfection, right? Of course, I'm flawed. But I have been given the tools. I have been given the spirituality, the sensitivity, the openness, and the will to search and to seek for answers. And as such, I can use guidance from someone. Absolutely. Guidance is always welcome. But at the end of the day... The answer lies within yourself. And uh, there's always a passage. Actually, this is probably one of the biggest reasons why I came up with this idea for the book. Uh, Are you familiar with uh, Michelangelo? You probably heard about the artist. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. In the 1500, Michelangelo, you know, this uh, among many, many beautiful things that he he, uh, was able to craft, there was this uh, marble statue, the famous David of Michelangelo. And it's in the 1500s, it's one of the most perfect, uh, flawless uh, things that has ever been created by, by a man. This statue is amazing. It's so perfect. You can see the veins. You can see the muscles. I mean, for that time, it was 
thousands of years ahead in his craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. And people, people asked him, um, how do you come up with that? The anecdote says that he responded with this. He said that, well, the statue was already in the rock. I just took out the unnecessary parts. And that made me think a lot about uh, how we, <laughs> in a way, are humans made of light and uh, spirituality. We have to eliminate the unnecessary grease, the unnecessary uh, noise that confuses us, mm-hmm. that made us, the, the things that make us uh, un- unable to see through this, you know, curtain of smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the, 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 the path is within us. We just need to make sure that we identify how to get there. Episode nine, Adrian Shepard. The great thing about kids is just their unlimited potential. If you talk to adults, it's like they've lost that. You know, they, they yeah. just don't, they can do it. They're, oh, I've got a kid or I'm 35 and oh, woe is me. And I'm thinking, come on, you know, like, you know, I mean, always think of what Colonel Sanders achieved after the age of 60. Uh, most millionaires, you know, end up, they, they, they don't make their millions in their 20s, except now for the digital crowd or whatever. But most millionaires are, you know, 45-year-olds and 50-year-olds. You know, that's when they make their big money. So, you know, yeah. I mean, every experience that you've had is, uh, you know, it pays off over time. But it, it sometimes you don't see it when you're young, like, oh, this thing is so terrible and so tough. But later on, that could, you know, be your story to success. Right. I say the takeaway from that is no matter how old you are, just don't stop dreaming. Mm -hmm, Just just keep keep going. Keep pushing yourself. Now, there's a great quote from uh, Kim Kiyosaki in her book, Rich Woman. And basically the essence is this. It says that if somebody asks you, hey, could you spend three hours to exercise this week? And most people will say three hours. No, I don't. I can't spend three hours this week. But then if you went and saw a doctor, he, he told you that if you don't exercise for three hours this week that you'll die, everybody finds the three hours, you see. And that's the thing. We can all find the time, really. But the problem is we're not motivated enough to, to get our life in order or we just let life take advantage of us whereas rather than we take um, control of life. Last but not least, episode 10, Paul Lester Jr., I have, I'm going to be, uh, I have the opportunity to preach at my home church next Sunday, as a matter of fact, and, and we're going to be touching on some of these uh, types of things. I've been saying for a while, St. John 10 and 10, where the Bible says, uh, thief cometh not for steal, kill, and destroy. Historically, preachers have preached that that's talking about Satan. Right. Now, while, while that is a true aspect of Satan, that scripture is not talking about Satan. This is one of the things that has been preached incorrectly down throughout the years. Mm-hmm. That scripture is not talking about Satan. When you study that word thief, it actually means pilferer. It means a false prophet or false teacher or bearer of bad information. So it's not necessarily Satan that is stealing, killing, and, and destroying people's lives. It's bad information that folks mm-hmm. are sitting in church operating by bad information and it's keeping them from preventing them from living the life that God wants them to live. And I believe uh, that one of the things that God is calling for, and, and I, I say this specifically because it's something God spoke to me earlier this year. The Lord said, son, I want you to spend time this year exposing and attacking bad information because there's too many people sitting in churches bound 
by religion. Too many people sitting mm-hmm. in churches bound by stuff that, you know, mama always hey, said great, great that, daddy always yes. said that, you know, my bishop always said that. And as I said in the Sunday school class I taught this morning, that at some point we have to start looking at, and you mentioned this a few moments ago, what does the Bible say about it? Mm-hmm. And we have to get to the mm-hmm. point to where the Bible is the final authority, not my mama's mm-hmm. opinion. God bless my mom. But the mm-hmm. but when 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 so-and-so's opinion is contrary to what the Bible says, that's where we have a problem. And so mm-hmm. I believe that, that one of the things that God is doing is God is using men and women in this hour to call attention to the fact that a lot has uh, of what has kept people in bondage is religion itself. And like you said a few moments ago, I believe that God is challenging the church to take a realistic look at its systems, how it operates, how it functions, and hold it up in front of the mirror of the word of God to say, is this right? Thanks again for listening. And if you already haven't, which I know you have, and if you haven't, you should subscribe. It's only going to get better, folks. I guarantee it. So as always, thanks for joining your girl, your one and only Worldly Church Girl. 